Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So welcome to another episode of the Zico Health Show. This is a solo episode because today I want to borrow your imagination. I want to take you on a journey and we're going to dive into the history of our arch nemesis, sugars. This episode is really important because we need to understand how and why it is so overused in modern day society. See, the American Heart Association, it recommends no more than 24 grams of added sugar per day for women and about 36 for men. But check this out. The average American eats about 126 grams per day. Let me say that again. The average American eats about 126 grams of sugar per day. I saw that and it completely blew my mind. I knew it was high, but that's just, that's just insane. See, in the standard American diet, the top sources for sugars are like soft drinks, fruit drinks, flavored yogurts, cereals, cookies, cakes, candy, processed foods, and so on. And we, know, we now know that excess sugars can damage our gut health, livers, heart, lead to COPD, hormonal imbalances, and so much more. There's a study that was published in JAMA Internal Medicine by um, Dr. Hu and his colleagues. And they found an association between high sugar diets and a greater risk of dying from heart disease. Over the course of this, it was a 15 year study, they got about, I'm sorry, people who got about 17 to 21% of their calories from added sugar had a 38% higher risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. And they compare them to people who consumed about 8% of their calories from sugar. There's another article that I came across published in PubMed and indicates that the consumption of excess sugar promotes the development of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, both directly and indirectly. So to manage our weight, we need our bodies to operate at its utmost best. And weight and health management is directly tied into sugar management. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to um, put a link to those studies in the show notes as well. So you have them when you go access seekerhealth.com. But before I get into the episode, though, I want to um, quickly talk about proteins and supplements. Because these are questions I get all the time. And to be honest with you, in the fitness industry, we, we put way too much emphasis on supplements. In the Oxford Dictionary, one of the definitions of supplements is something that completes or is uh, added to something else. So in other words, Step one should always be fixing our diets and daily habits to train our bodies to burn fat. Then later, you know, we can start adding in supplements because when we add in good supplements, we can enhance our health and we can maximize our body's fat burning capability. 
But I urge you, though, please be careful because these products are unregulated. And some don't even contain what they say they do. And some even contain, you know, excess metals like lead, mercury, arsenic, and other trace contaminants. So the only protein that I really, well, I wouldn't say the only protein, but one of the only proteins that I really do use and uh, do trust is from Orgain. Their products are non-GMO, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and it's certified organic. They're versatile too because they even have vegan options. They have options from protein powders to pre-workout that can give your body that clean, clean wave of energy. So you can either go to Orgain.com or you can click on the link. Um, I'm going to put a link in the description of this show and use code ZicoHealth to get 30% off your first order. If you give them a try, then let me know what you think. Now, with that being said, let's get the party started. Welcome to another episode of the Zico Health Show. Today, we're going to talk about the history of sugars. Because it's very important to understand sugars, because it is more than just what gives a sweet taste to your favorite dessert. In fact, to understand modern-day culture, we need to understand sugar. Over the centuries, it's been a medicine, spice, a symbol of royalty, instrument of disease, addiction, and oppression. So let's take a dive into how it's been used over the years, and until now, how it's overused in modern-day society. I started by looking at the Savir website, and it states that in 10,000 BC, before sugar ruled the world, honey was queen. Basically, any part of Europe, Africa, or Asia that wasn't covering ice had bees and, of course, honey. But there were no bees in the Americas, so their sweeteners are syrups made from trees, agave nectar cactus, or mashed fruits. People eventually started domesticating bees. So instead of happening upon a hive or feeling lucky to encounter honey, they kept hives nearby. Then about 2,000 years later, sugar is now native and cultured in New Guinea. Initially, people chew on reeds to enjoy the sweetness. But then sugar started making its way by ship to the Philippines and India. But it's key to pay attention to this. Up until this point, sugar was mostly enjoyed in its natural state, which is, of course, better for human consumption. I came across this um, article from Healthline, which I really like. And it states that honey is a good source of antioxidants. It helps digestive issues. It's a potent prebiotic and much more. These benefits can promote good gut health and even support sustainable weight management. And if you listen to my last two episodes where I have Ilana Labarini or Gina Diorio, we talk about the importance of 
good gut health and rebalancing your hormones and the role they play in your overall health and your weight. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to them because they gave you some really good information. There's an article that I came across on health ambition as well that states that the processing of sugarcane plant, the table sugar, essentially removes all of the phytonutrients from sugarcane juice. I should say from sugarcane. The nutrients, see these nutrients play a huge role in fighting disease and free radicals, meaning it fights oxidative stress, which can lead to healing for your gut. So in other words, by processing the sugars from the sugar cane or the sugar juice, it's removing a lot of those natural nutrients that's healthy for your gut. The article, the article continues to state that sugarcane can even help to prevent disease, including cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, and various cancers. Now, I'm not a medical professional, and I'm not telling you to go chewing sugarcane just with the hope of preventing or fighting disease. But I want us to understand the difference between natural foods and refined foods. Sugar was first refined in India. The first description of sugar mill is found in an Indian text from around 100 AD. Now this is a turn, which is leading us down the path where we are today. This is where we have to stop to understand the difference between natural and refined sugars. There's an article on Cancer Center that states that foods with natural, natural sugar have an important role of, in the diet of cancer patients or anyone who's trying to prevent cancer because they provide essential nutrients that keep the body healthy and prevent disease. But refined sugars that come from sugarcane or sugar beets, which are processed, that's the key word, processed to extract the sugar from the fruit. This is typically found as sucrose, which is a combination of glucose and fructose. Now, some of the ways we may use it, it would say in cakes and cookies, coffee, cereal, even fruit. In fact, I had a client that uh, uses uh, sugar in his coffee. And I had him change out and say I had him use stevia instead. And he fell in love with the taste of stevia. And not everyone's a big stevia fan. But the reason I recommended stevia was stevia doesn't really um, register on the glycemic index. And it keeps your blood sugar steady. But that simple refined sugar, spice your blood sugar. Calls on insulin, which is that hormone that actually tells your body to hold more energy in the form of, a lot of times, fat. And that's one of the things that transformed his journey. So then, think about this part, though. Because here it says that sugars can, the processed sugars can even be used to sweeten fruit. Do you hear that? Sweeten fruit. What's happening to us? Is, is fruit not sweet enough on its own? We're becoming sugar addicted. And we will discuss a little bit later as we get into 
how sugar is being overused in modern day society. But this particular article continues to explain that the body breaks down refined sugars rapidly. And like we said, causes insulin spike and blood sugar spikes. I mean, causes them to skyrocket, basically. Because refined sugar is digested really quickly. And you don't even feel full after you're done eat, eating. Because no matter how many calories you consumed, your body uses it so easily, calls on insulin so easily, and stores it so easily. You can't really tell the difference. And of course, it causes hormonal imbalances. Have you ever wondered why you can eat an entire candy bar and still want more? Or a box of donuts dropping a sugar-laden bomb on your good bacteria and your gut? Now, with the birth of sh sugar manufacturing, many cultures started calling on it for desserts like rice pudding, sweet barley meal, and fermented drinks. And I want to stop here, too, and talk about fermented drinks because I'm giving an example of kombucha, which is a fermented drink, which can be good for your gut. But you have to be careful how it's prepared. Because if it's prepared where they're adding a lot of um, sweeteners or sugars to it, it can defeat the purpose. Because then you're, you're feeding your good bacteria, but also your bad bacteria with the excess sugar. So you have to be mindful of how that kombucha is prepared. Now, moving on a little bit, to around 327, the Greeks and the Romans, they learned about sugar during their visits to India. Um, Nericus Alexandria's general, he writes, a reed in India that brings forth honey without the help of bees, from which an intoxicated drink is made. Though the plant bears no fruit, small amounts are brought back to the Mediterranean, I should say Mediterranean, and traded to physicians. We can also use it for medical purposes. Now, I don't know. I can't go into details on that and how it was used necessarily, but it was used for medical purposes. Then a little bit after that, around 500 to 600 AD, a university, a university in Iran, it becomes the meeting place for the world's scholars, Greek, Chinese, Jews, Persians, and so on. They studied texts from various cultures, and by around 600, they are writing about the potent Indian medicine, sugar. Here it goes again, sugar as medicine. They also developed better methods of processing sugarcane into crystallized sugar. Now, if they were using it as medicine, but we don't use sugar as medicine today. So just think about the, the big difference of the use. Because sugar is not evil. It just comes down to how you use it, just like anything else. Now, this propels us um, to the use of sugar by different empires, royalty, and medicine. So let's fast forward a little bit. Let's skip over a lot of that and go to the 1600s, where processed sugar has now become commonplace. Because at this point, coffee, tea, and chocolate have made their way to Europe. Their arrival drastically increases sugar consumption, making sugar more popular than even alcohol ever was see see the trend now and the increase in demand with lower prices means greater reliance on slavery
1801, Franz Carl Archer, the student of Markgraf, Markgraf, why can't I talk today, is credited as the first person to extract sugar from beets on a commercial level. Now we're getting into the, the real money. Because around 1837, as slavery dies out in the Caribbean, Europe, you know, they start enact policies to support beet growers. With governmental support, the European beet sugar industry expands throughout the 20th century. So it's kind of a jump to where, closer to where we are. And this launched some changes that greatly impact how we use sugar today. In 1879, there's a graduate student at St. Johns Hopkins who finds saccharin, a crystalline powder 300 to 500 times sweeter than sugar, but with no calories. So here we got to stop and think about it. It's a lot sweeter than sugar, but with no calories. Does that mean, does that mean it's good? Because I'm dumbfounded when I, when I research or I look at any article that talks about, well, this sugar is good for you because it doesn't have many calories. And we're so focused on calories, not realizing that all this excess sugar is calling on insulin to store more energy. Even if it's not true refined sugar, it's sending the rock signals to your body and calling on insulin to store more energy and store more energy. In 1952, calcium cyclamate starts to appear in diet sodas. And to me, it's, diet soda is its own myth, right? It's, it's its own anomaly. Because, again, it comes back to one calorie or no calories. But I've come across people who wonder why they, they drink diet sodas all the time or wonder why they can't lose weight. Because, again, it's not about the calories. It's about your gut health and your overall health and bouncing, rebalancing your hormones. 1965, aspartame, for example, NutraSweet and Equal was invented. And by the late 1970s, again, in diet sodas. And then a couple years later, here comes the bad boy. High fructose corn syrup hits the scene. And high fructose corn syrup is kind of like the... um the dude with the leather jacket starts to get all the attention some say he's good i like him there's, there's nothing wrong some say stay away from him and science has gone back and forth but my stance stays the same if it's sugar refined from sugar in any way you want to be careful and eliminate it if possible then in 98 I remember when uh, Splenda, which is a whopping 600 times sweeter than sugar, 600 times sweeter than sugar, is approved for, you, for the use in U.S. in artificial sweetness supplement, replacing sugar in all kinds of food products. Isn't this insane? How do we think that's something that 600 times sweeter than sugar is good for us? And then the artificial sweeteners and other sugar substitutes are found in a variety of foods and beverages, marked as the infamous sugar-free, sugar-free diet, even with soft drinks and baked goods. Then sugar alcohols kind of start to slip in, right? And they aren't really, sugar alcohols are not really, you know, used at home. 
but there are many processed foods and other products like chocolate, chewing gum, toothpaste, even processed meat. You hear that? Processed meat. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about how to identify sugars in your meat. But why? Why do we think we need to add sugars to our meat? That's just crazy to me. We're eating sugars and we don't even think that we are. So you may think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm eating meat. I'm not getting a lot of carbs. But I'm still losing, gaining this weight. Not realizing that there's sugars in your meat. That's spiking your blood sugar. So next time you go shopping, just take a look at your label. You see, you can identify excess sugars by looking for words that end in OSE, O's, like fructose, dextrose, maltose, and, and for you know syrups and juices. Because it is important to educate ourselves so we can take control of our health. Now, as we're moving along, artificial sweeteners, they're not as common today. I mean, they're still there. And sugars are definitely in our foods but not, that are not supposed to be there. But as they're getting that their true exposure that they deserve, the bad press, ancient forms of sugar is starting to make a major comeback. Agave nectar, stevia, dates, and of course, honey, which is delicious, shelf-stable, and linked to many health benefits. Ever thought... And it's actually one of my clients that told me this. If you have, if you don't feel well, let's say you have a tick in your throat or a sore throat, you can have some honey with um, with lemon juice because of the anti antioxidant benefits of honey. I told you, I told you about stevia when my client was having stevia with his coffee, and stevia has been studied for many health benefits, even um. Coconut sugar, it's, it's not as stable as stevia, but it is less glycemic than brown sugar. So if you're not a stevia fan, but you want to lessen how much sugar you eat, think about coconut sugar. Now, we think these are new when they've been around for thousands of years. Imagine that. It's like a 360. It's literally a 360. We're going back to where we started. That's, that, that to me, is, it's, it's, it's very impressive. That things that we thought didn't work, we're starting to realize that they do. And what we thought we know, we're starting to learn that we don't. Now, I'm going to stop and say this. I'm not making any recommended changes. And before you talk to any dietary, I'm sorry, before you make any dietary changes, please consult a medical professional, especially if you have underlying health issues. And nothing that I say here should replace any advice given to you by any medical professional. Now, I'm getting close to wrapping up, but see, these sweeteners... They're being studied and approved for their health benefits. We are learning now that they can be used for good health, weight management, and fat loss. And one of the last things I want to say here is 
It is usually best to eat sugars in their natural, unprocessed forms, like apple instead of apple juice, or sugar cane instead of the added derived, or instead of the added sugar derived from cane, or the processed sugar derived from cane, because it limits how much you can eat. You know, you're not going to drink an entire apple. The fiber has prebiotic benefits. Because imagine how many apples it takes to juice to make a 16-ounce cup of apple juice. How much sugar is in that? But sugar is necessarily bad. But we make it way too commonplace in our diets. So they say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Apples are fruit and has health benefits. So don't bastardize sugar or, or society has gotten so bad now, they make us think that fruit is bad. But it's a matter of managing it and just being careful with what you eat. Because these unprocessed forms can keep your blood sugar steady which is key for sustainable weight management. And the last thing I want to say here, which I've said on my previous shows, download a glycemic index app on your phone. It has ranges to tell you what's simple sugars with spicy blood sugar, medium range that are pretty decent, and then the really complex sugars. And there are times when you need to eat Simple, but you want to be very mindful of that. Usually best post-workout, especially if you're lifting heavy or you're you know, doing a lot of cardio, to replenish. Then the complex on a day-to-day, especially on days that you're not as active. And the very complex, which is usually the green or you know, the lower numbers, you can need those on... Um, on days that you actually least amount active, when you're not working out, you know, then on in a, in um, let's say when you're having dinner, you can make that a more the most common place or the more common carbs that you eat. This is fitness nutrition expert Narado Powell. I really hope you guys got some good information from the show. Then all the show notes will be available on ZikaHealth.com. Keep being awesome. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.